Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Okay, we have been captivated by the arrest of Massapequa native 59-year-old Rex Heuerman as the Gilgo Beach killer. Now, obviously, everybody is innocent until proven guilty, and he has not gone to trial yet, but we are fairly certain that a jury will convict this guy because all evidence points to Rex as this killer. Most of the documentaries refer to the killer as the Long Island serial killer, and this is where it gets a little confusing, or at least it did for me when I first started looking into this case. So Rex really is only connected to three or four bodies. There are four other bodies that were found that I don't believe Rex is responsible for, and others don't believe it either. Number one, there's Shannon Gilbert. Shannon Gilbert was a sex worker that actually called 911 for about 20 minutes. They have her on the phone, and she did this from hiding behind a John's couch. She seemed to have a totally crazy episode where she screamed on the phone to 911 saying, they're after me, they're going to kill me, blah, 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 and then She didn't come home that night, and then she was found dead. And then the other three victims, there was a toddler, an unidentified Asian man, and another woman that was believed to be a sex worker. And many believe that Rex Heuerman was not involved in those deaths at all. Now, something very interesting that Frank, my guest, Frank McKay, really touches upon during our interview is the corruption that went down with this case. And over the last 10 years, this case technically wasn't investigated properly because of James Burke, the former chief of police uh, in Long Island, in Suffolk. So James Burke is actually in jail right now. He's been in jail for over four years for essentially running a prostitution ring on the side. And what Frank believes, and I believe it as well, is that he did not want the FBI to get involved with this case at first, because if the FBI began sniffing around, they would see what he was up to. And Frank even says that it's very possible that James Burke was actually around or or potentially around some of the victims as he was very, you know, heavily in, involved in this um, prostitution ring that he ran. And the county executive at the time, Steve Ballone, is the one who appointed James as the chief of police. So it's been said that Steve Ballone was also involved in this cover up for today. Radio journalist Frank McKay, he's done multiple series on Lisk, as he calls it, the Long Island serial killer. Multiple podcast series. He's done a documentary. He knows this case 
inside and out. He talks to key players in this case on the reg for his radio show in Long Island. I mean, he is literally the perfect person to talk to. So I learned so much from speaking to him. But I will say one thing that I'm still unclear about is how they got to Rex Hewerman as a suspect in the first place. He kind of walks me through, you know, the DNA process, how they actually were looking at Rex for over a year and watching his every move. But yeah, the police still haven't gone through how exactly they narrowed in on him. And I guess that makes sense. They they said in a press conference yesterday, they don't want any other killers to get an idea of how they work and how they, you know, make their arrests and make their captures. So that makes sense. Um, but I'm still like, what the hell? How did they get to this guy in the first place? Anyway, I'm going to play my interview with Frank McKay. And I think that you are really going to find what he has to say so interesting. And I just want to give a disclaimer. Sorry that my voice is so loud and his is regular sounding. We did a phone interview last minute because the Zoom wasn't working. Um, So I just want to put that out there. And you actually did a series based on the Long Island serial killer. Is that right? We've done three series on uh, on the uh, on list. We called it the the first one, uh, the Long Island serial killing. And that was a. that was back in uh, 2015 uh, and 2016, and we did, uh, you know, whole you know whole series trying to trying to drum up uh, interest or awareness uh, to uh, to keep it going. After that, uh, we uh, we we took a break from it, and when Tim Sinney, the former DA, was up for re-election, and and when he clearly was was not getting anywhere, not doing anything, mm. we. Uh, we jumped into and we launched another another series, and, and I was very very aggressive on that. We attacked them, and we uh, uh, we really went heavily after it. And uh, the first time I met uh, Ray Tierney, the, the current DA, it was all about Lisk, and we spent about two hours in a diner, uh, and and I basically said, look, they're, they're really not investigating this, and if they are, they're not doing it competently. Mm. There's a cover up. And if you, you know someone like you, if you come in, uh, this is uh, you, you could figure it out. You could you could solve this. Uh, they simply don't know how to do it, and the politicians behind it uh, aren't willing to have it uh, solved. And that, and by that I meant uh, uh, Steve Malone, the Kern County Executive. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so what what were your initial thoughts last week when Re- uh, Rex Hewerman was arrested? Well, I never heard the name Hewerman. Before uh, you know, I do know that uh, they they brought up his name at their first task force meeting. They they have a Wednesday task force meeting, and it's led by Tierney, the DA, mm-hmm. and he has the, the local law enforcement agencies plus the feds, uh, the the FBI, and the U.S. Attorney's office there, and the state troopers. And uh, and Huberman's name came up right away, and at the very first, and that was uh, March fourteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. Uh, wow. So they've been on this for a while. I heard, uh, I heard soon after that that they, uh, they've got the guy. They're just uh, keeping an eye on him, not officially, but just uh, you know, like in a in a in a, in a casual way. Mm. And I felt very confident that they they had him. But when we heard the name Rex Hewerman, um, it was it was shocking. Actually, we, my wife and I, figured out the name um, 
through a different, uh, you know, different methodology, but we were the first to announce it out here, mm. and, and it got picked up nationally. Uh, my wife figured it out from a Google Maps um, picture that she th- thought the house was, and I originally said to someone, uh, we're, we're hearing uh, from different folks and some neighbors that Craig Hewerman, I said, Craig Hewerman is being arrested, and somebody said, no, you got it wrong. It's not Craig Hewerman, and we don't want it getting out. Uh, till later when the arraignment comes and yeah uh, and, and then my wife said rex and i said rex and they said ah you know and he cursed and said uh, we're really not and and we we announced it uh I, I called up a guy named jay oliver who has a local show out here and i just hung up with akron um ohio and we uh we we gave it to uh jay oliver and he announced it and pretty soon everybody had it rex wow. Hurum, and, and but that was the first i heard of it Wow. So, okay. And this is where I'm a little bit unclear. I know that, you know, they, they got his brother's DNA, which they matched to his wife's hair on the victims. But can you just take me through how they zeroed in on him in the first place? Well, the, these task force meetings, and again, I'm certainly no expert on, on the, uh, on the process here. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when, uh, when they, they identified him, they, uh, they followed him. And as, as Tierney has said publicly on, on different outlets, it's impossible to follow uh, anyone, um, uh, anyone, uh, uh, you know, 24 hours, but they kept an eye on him. And I guess they were looking at some others and they ruled everybody out. And, and pretty soon they got to, uh, to him as far as the process goes, the DNA process. I know there was, there's two different types and I can't even pronounce uh, them to be honest with you it's certainly mm-hmm. not my expertise but uh it was uh, it was through the the second methodology that they they came up with it but uh tyranny lays it out uh pretty heavily and pretty uh tutorially in his uh in in the uh the the arraignment statement and uh by the way i was there i was at the arraignment when uh when he came in and uh, you know he, he's an eerie looking guy yeah uh, i was in the third or fourth row and uh, fairly close to him and he's a he's a real big guy and he just has a blank look on his face but i guess if if you had been arrested as a serial killer maybe maybe that's the the typical face that you would have and um but anyway they uh, you know he's trying to lay out tyranny uh, that is is trying to lay out um you know systematically how they uh how they did all of this and uh, it, it would be it, i think better for the listeners to read his description rather than me to try to give uh, a, 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 you know, a, a half-assed version of DNA. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that. I guess I just didn't understand how he was on their radar in the first place. Like, what what prompted them to even look at him to even get DNA? That's where I, I was confused. You, you know, I got some photos uh, a couple of years ago on Hurem, and I didn't know who it was, but somebody had asked me if it was somebody else that we did both know, and I said, no way. And this was, uh, you know, coupled along with the ogre de- uh, description. Yeah. And the pictures that I saw of him were from, I, I think it was the Holiday Inn Express in Hopog, where they, uh, uh, he was by an ATM machine, and he uh, he needed to get other cash. And I don't know if this was the ruse that they talked about mm-hmm. that Melissa uh, Bartholomew um, was involved with, and if, if that was the the same. Um, day that those pictures were taken but uh this that was Hewerman. that that's for sure i just didn't i didn't know any name i didn't know who he was and i certainly 
uh, certainly didn't recognize him. So his call to Melissa's sister didn't play a part in them identifying him? Oh, I think so, but again, I don't I don't know. No. That, uh, okay. So yeah. it's safe to say that's that's still pretty much up in the air. People don't actually know because the the police haven't gone into detail with how they they really truly zeroed in on him in the first place. Yeah, well, I you know, frankly, uh I you know, I I yield to uh, folks around me that that former homicide detectives and and uh, uh, former feds and there are uh, even some in like my circle who aren't uh, aren't crazy about um, tyranny for different reasons. Mm. Uh, by the way, he's a very likable guy, but there are there are folks that aren't what I would call great tyranny fans. And when the when the description of what they did of the uh, of of the, the te- detective work that they did, investigative work, uh, came down. Mm. Uh, every one of them were were in agreement that it was it was excellent work and it's going to be very difficult to uh, for this guy yeah. uh, for this guy to uh, somehow get out of it. It's it's DNA work. It's the pings. Uh, one one interesting thing about the box where the the pings from the cell phone came. Um, uh, Tim Sinney is the former DA, mm. and he's someone I I originally backed and then. Uh, and I soured on when uh, when he did nothing. You know, for <laughs> virtually did nothing on us. Uh, but he uh, he was uh, ready to arrest a guy who had the initials WH, and he he was only a couple. He, the guy lives only a couple blocks away from um, Hewerman, and oh. uh, it, it took a a prominent detective, Suffolk County detective, to basically stand on a table and and yell at Cindy that you're arresting the wrong guy, and he was just arresting him on the on the pings on the. Um, uh, you know, on the cell uh, cell tower information, and just it was just very shoddy. And yeah. uh, I'll say, I know the guy's name, but I, I won't give it up because he's he's done absolutely nothing, nothing wrong. Uh, but he uh, he was a former U.S. Uh, I'm sorry, he was a former uh, New York City police officer. And Tim Sinney was ready to arrest him just to kind of match up the belt, and I think to shut me up <laughs> because I was go- I was going after Sinney uh, hot and heavy, and uh, I basically said. When I got the information that he was ready to make this arrest, I talked directly to him on the radio show, and I said, "Tim, I, I, you may get yourself reelected, but you, you're arresting the wrong guy, and and you're gonna you're gonna go to prison with Spoda um, right after that." Wow. And, and I know uh, somebody was listening, who was with him while he was listening to the uh, my broadcast, and they said his face turned all colors and his expression changed. Um, but Tim, and that, by the way, the date on that was. Uh, we believe to be August 10th, um, August 10th that he was going to make the arrest, 2021, and it had nothing to do with Hewerman. Wow. That is crazy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so do you, like, do you talk to this guy at all? I mean, the guy that, you know, was supposed to be arrested? No, no, I don't know him at all. You don't, you don't know him or talk to him to be like, dude, no, I saved your I ass. No. <laughs> I don't even know much about him. I just know his name, and I know that he, uh, according to the police sources that I have, and, and, and sources that were in Cindy's office, that he had nothing on him other than the pings. Okay. Now, they are trying to connect four bodies for sure to Rex Hewerman. Now, what... Where it gets a little fuzzy for me, I think, is number one, obviously, Shannon Gilbert. This is huge just because, you know, they. I think that it was today in the media it came out where uh, Shannon Gilbert's 
lawyer. He, he said, oh, there probably was um, a woman involved as well because the toddler or the 10-month-old was wrapped up in, in burlap or something and a man wouldn't do that. I don't know if you read that. Um, and just, oh, I, I did. yeah, and then just in general, Shannon saying they're after me, they're after me, and you know, starting this whole thing, this whole nine one one call from from behind a sofa. This doesn't seem to match anything else. Well, let me let me just say this. I think I think you have to take uh, you have to take Shannon Gilbert out of the uh, out of the equation. I, I don't believe that the, that law enforcement are considering her one of, and I know that's controversial to say, I, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying I, I'm not, and that's John Ray. I know John Ray very well, and his, yeah, you know, it, obviously his uh, his his whole uh, set of theories is based on that. I, I just don't know that at the end of the day that she's going to be considered uh, risk or she's going to be uh, considered a very unfortunate uh, individual who uh, who had a combination. Of things in in uh, in her body, uh, drug wise or medication wise, and uh, and that unfortunately was the harbinger that led to these other um, you know tragic cases. But uh, I think Shannon Gilbert is is a different situation. I would um, you know we could do a whole show on that. Yeah, uh, I do Joe uh, Joe Brewer three times. Um, I did a, a series yeah. with Joe. He was the John who who hired Shannon Gilbert. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll tell you this: there's just no possible way, just from everything I uh, I got with, uh, um, uh, you know, through the uh, law enforcement, through the current DA's office. There's no way that Joe Brewer is considered a, a, a killer. One thing I did want to respond to, though, you had uh, you had sent me uh, something about John Bitroff. Yes, and uh, Bitroff is someone who's in in prison currently for for the murder uh, conviction uh murder of, of two sex workers and at one point and I, I think i was on one of one of these you know list podcasts somewhere maybe in texas yeah and i uh i i made the mistake of saying that i think bitroff uh may end up getting cleared in this whole thing and my my mm-hmm. theory behind it and i'm eating crow on this i'll, I'll completely change my uh <laughs> I, my tone uh was that that if he was list that uh burke and uh balone who was the county executive and um and uh, and spoda who was the the current da at the time that they would have wrapped him up and you know put a bow on him because he has no political ties and he has no mm. no law enforcement ties that i could that i could find and I found out more and more about Bitroff, and I didn't see any reason why they'd be protecting him. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat eat my words on Bitroff because I'm gonna. You you just mentioned um, peaches and and baby doe. Um, <laughs> I, I think that now that now that Huerman is um, is uh, uh, charged being charged with the three, and let, let's face it, he'll he'll have all four attached to him uh, in pretty short time. Yeah, uh, but I. I, I'm going to make a speculation, and it's just pure speculation on my part that that there's a serious uh, possibility that Bitroff gets tied to Valerie Mack, and if it, he gets tied to Valerie Mack, 250 feet um, from Valerie Mack was the remains of Baby Doe, who is an 18 to 36 month old yeah. uh, uh, child who had the gold earrings, and and uh, and 400 feet 
from Valerie Mack was Jessica Taylor, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it would be, you know, quite the coincidence if if somebody uh, is tied to any one of them that they wouldn't be tied to all three. The fourth victim would be Peaches, who is the who's the woman, uh, uh, African American woman, who had on her breast, on her left breast, I believe, was uh, um, uh, Peaches. You know, the uh, the, yes. the tattoo of Peaches. She was decapitated, but she's the biological mother of baby Joe, and she was found in Hempstead. Um, but I, I would find it impossible to believe that that a a killer would kill uh, both the mother and the baby and and somehow not be the same killer. So I I, I would not be shocked if Bitroff, and I have no inside information on this at all, Mm -hmm. but it's my speculation, if uh, Bitroff becomes um, uh, attached to Valerie Mack or any of them, uh, that he's, he's responsible for all four. Right, and and where do you place the unnamed Asian man? Uh, that uh, that I don't know, but um, I I think I think there was a chance, and I, I could be wrong, and it's pure speculation that uh, that, and I don't know the the timeline of when uh, the remains go back to, but that may even go as far back uh, as Richard Shulman. Uh, mm. Richard Shulman was a uh, convicted serial killer, and um, that that could just be in the same general area. Uh, Shulman died in prison, I think, in two thousand and five, but I wouldn't be shocked if. And again, I, I've been saying all along that I have no idea who killed anybody. Um, all I know is who covered up, and that was Ballone and, and Burke. They, they clearly covered this up from the beginning. Uh, and not because, now we're finding out now it's not because they killed anybody necessarily. It's because they didn't want the FBI uh, investigating uh, in and around uh, what uh, could turn out to be uh, nightmarish for them on other, uh, on other fronts. Uh, so we know, we, we, and by the way, uh, uh, as it comes on, more and more we'll realize uh, that I was correct in, in, uh, in that, uh, and that, you know, everyone that talked about a cover-up, uh, it's a cover-up, but not for the reason that, that their friend or that they had uh, committed the murders. But uh, again, as far as the Asian male, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it comes back to showman and uh, in, in the list, uh, the, the Long Island serial killing uh uh, it could be as many as three different people. Uh, I know that Hurman's not uh, attached. I, I'm almost positive that he's not attached to uh, the others, and um, and we'll see how it unfolds. But uh, again, I didn't see Hurman uh, coming anywhere. <laughs> Neither I didn't hear the name. I didn't even, um, uh, you know, other than the picture that we saw and mm-hmm. me not knowing who it is. Uh, you know, I've been wrong before, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Vitrov ends up uh, having four of these uh, attached to him. Okay, that's interesting. Well, do you know of any any connection, let's say, off the top of your head between Rex Hewerman, Dr. Peter Hackett, and potentially Jim Bussey? Who's Jim Bussey? Jim Bussey is, um, his dad owned the nursery with all of the burlap, and he essentially killed himself. Yeah, well, there's a Jimmy Bissett. Right, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Bissett is uh, is the owner of the nursery. That's the what. Sorry, the I said Bussy. I meant gotcha. Jim Bissett. That, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Thank you. Yeah, well, look, I, here's here's the here's my thought on on Bissett. My initial thought on Jimmy Bissett is is that um, uh, it was bizarre that uh, that he killed himself. Uh, his uh, his staff at the aquarium was waiting. 
uh, was waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was a festive Christmas party or whatever. And he never showed up. And he never showed up because he had committed suicide in a veterans uh, memorial park in, in uh, uh, Mattatuck out there out on the uh, North Fork of the East End. I, I went out there and I, I stayed in the same spot that... Um, that that Bissett was when he uh, it committed suicide, it, and it it just hit me that I, you know it's bizarre that he would just commit suicide out of out of nowhere. But the the uh, former DA Spoda and and Ballone was uh, was certainly pushing this. They were pushing the idea that Bissett was was the killer originally. Mm. They didn't say it publicly, but uh, it was known that they were going in that direction. Uh, because it would close it up, it would close you know every everything down, and uh, it would make Spoda a hero, Jimmy Burke a hero, uh, Ballone uh, is off the hook, and everybody. And they started going in that direction. I found out during the the uh, the second uh, the the second uh, list series why they didn't do that, why they didn't. Uh, and by the way, it, you can't indict a dead man. Right. There was uh, there was serious talk that uh that they were going to pin it on visit and all they needed to do was to do a grand jury report and uh and and you know you can indict a ham sandwich right <laughs> but if you if you laid out the jimmy visit story you could probably get 13 of 24 people to say yeah we agree with the story and and they could have wrapped it up there i didn't understand why they didn't do it until yeah. i did the second series and what uh, what happened in the middle of that, I found out that Bissett has relatives that are attorneys and that were very passionate, and they were not going to allow they were not going to allow um, Spoda to make a, a, a patsy or, or to um, or, or to uh, to just give you know lay it on Bissett mm. without coming out. Keep in mind, Bissett had a very close relationship with Burke. Uh, he knew Balone. He knew you know Balone's close friends. Um, uh, it, you know it's. It would have been impossible for them to do it without uh, without the family speaking up, and that's why they didn't do a grand jury report on Bissett. But uh, I I don't to this day I I don't know that Bissett is going to be tied into this in any way. He might. Okay. Uh, I I just don't know that he would. Okay, and just for people listening, uh, James Burke is the former chief of police that was investigating this case, but he went to prison um, for corruption, yeah, I believe. Four, four yes. And a half years in- in prison, but he was appointed by Steve Ballone, the current, uh, the, the current county executive. Okay, yeah. So there was all sorts of corruption involved with this case early on. Um, but just because I only have a few minutes left with you, I, I want to just quickly go back to Rex Hewerman. I mean, I, I read again today that one of the only questions he had for police was like, what are people saying about me? And what... You know, what are people saying about the Gilgo Beach serial killer? I mean, that seems pretty much on brand to serial killers I studied in the past, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that, mm. uh, and this is in my mind, I know it's, this is America, he deserves his trial and all of that, but I, I would be shocked if Rex Human uh, doesn't get convicted of these three and, and probably the fourth. Uh, uh, Baynard Barnes, um, you know the Gilgo Four. I, I believe he will be, he will be convicted of these, uh, if not even it, admit to them. But I, mm. I don't know. I, 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 it just looks very solid um, from that uh, standpoint. And if there are any other bodies that are attached to Hewerman, right? Um, I, I think it's going to be bodies that we haven't heard of yet. 
Oh, I mean, I feel like he wants the bodies to be found, which is why I guess I was thinking, like, when was the last murder? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't have that in front of me, but, um, yeah. it, you know, the people that made the Bissett argument argued that ever since Jimmy Bissett died, there's been no, uh, there's, there's been no murders. Oh. Uh, and I make the argument that, look, they're all on the, on the beach. Um, it, you know, you could, uh, you could easily get rid of the bodies in a more, uh, in a more sophisticated way than what they were doing in the past. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean there's no more murders. It means that there's no more um, uh, you, you know, there's no more remains being found. Uh, it would be very difficult for me to believe that that a, a serial killer would just stop, would just stop and uh, and uh, and stop killing. I don't know that they could do that. Well, I mean, I you know, you're right. He could have hidden the bodies. He could. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer at one point I think took a five year break in between. So there, sure, there's a possibility that he's like, all right, let me focus on my family and my wife, whatever. I don't know. Um, but I, I keep thinking this in my head. I even read that he was looking, he was searching for a woman that resembled his daughter. I mean, that made my stomach turn, Frank. That was, that's disgusting. My God. Yeah, I, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Well, um, is there anything else that, that you want to add to just anything we've talked about that people should know? Yeah, well, look, in, in 2011, uh, um, Steve Ballone got elected. Uh, one of the first things that that he did is he announced that Jimmy Burke would be his police chief, which was shocking. And by the way, keep in mind, I have no bone to pick, or I had no bone to pick with either one of them. They mm. were they were friends. They were allies of of mine. And uh, what what they immediately did is they grabbed the commissioner um, at the time, uh, Dormer, Richard Dormer. Um, and he, he's passed since, but I, I had him on, on the show and he talked openly on, on a recording that I had. And they brought a guy uh, uh, in uh, that, well, that was there, was the chief detective. And his name was Dominic Verone. The two of them had spent extensive time nonstop with the FBI and the U.S. attorney investigating lists. When Burke was announced that he was coming in, Ballone and Burke had both of them uh, be told that mm. if they didn't retire, that they would be busted down to captain, and that would affect their pension. So both Whoa. of them retired before Ballone took over. And by the way, this isn't unusual. It's not an unusual thing. Okay. The unusual part was that they they weren't asked for any information that they gathered, and when they offered to give it, they were told they didn't want it. And, and you know, to to uh, get these guys out of the investigation. And uh, and not ask them one single question. Not even like, hey, who do you think did it? Mm. Or, or what, what what FBI agents were you uh, dealing with? So they got those two out of the investigation immediately, and and had them you know retire. And then the uh, on January first, Jimmy Burke was appointed officially by Steve Ballone, who's still our county executive. And the first thing they did is they went to Jerry Hart, the lead agent in, in the FBI, and they asked her to get the FBI out of the investigation. Now, this isn't conjecture on my part. Erin Moriarty, uh, uh, you know, had it um, after I, I had given them a tip, but Erin Moriarty on, on 48 Hours, who's won two Emmys, I mean, she's a serious uh, journalist. Uh, she uh, she had Jerry Hart uh, admit on, not admit, uh, you know, say, just uh, say three, three different times that Burke asked her to get out of the investigation. So mm -hmm. why did they want 
the FBI out of the investigation? Why did they want the U.S. Attorney's Office? And, and soon after, they shut down the investigation on LISC. They did nothing else. And Ballone and Burke did not want this investigated. And we all just assumed that it was because they had something to do with the killing. As it turns out, it's, it's not that probably isn't the case mm. but what is the case is that they didn't want the fbi snooping around anything else that they were doing and and a lot of those doings had to do with prostitution and maybe we're going to find out as we move along that um that uh, that they may have been at parties with um with, with people uh, such as amber, amber costello um and uh and, and maybe um uh, maybe uh you know like melissa Bartholomew. Uh, yeah um, but we'll we'll find out. But for some reason, they wanted the FBI out, and they stopped the investigation. Steve Ballone, and this is going to be the next wave of of questioning from mm-hmm. from everyone. Is Steve Ballone's going to be asked why did you why did you uh, push to have this investigation stop? And he's going to have a lot of answers uh, to come up with. Yeah, I mean, I think you just nailed it right there. There is a reason that James Burke didn't want the FBI involved. Clearly, he was involved with prostitutes and whatnot. And there's a serious chance that he knew some of the victims. I mean, I, I've been thinking this. Like, that is that is totally why. Um, but anyway, Frank, if people want to follow you or find your work, how can they do that? Uh, you can check out the, the list uh, series. Uh, you can see that. I have a documentary out. I'll, I'll send that to you. And, okay. Uh, and- We'll, we'll repost that. It's on the list cover-up, and it's basically uh, interviews with, with people all talking about this. Uh, you know, we have, look, we've been saying all along, we don't know who killed anybody, but we do know who covered up. And, and it's Ballone and Burke. I mean, they, uh, they, mm-hmm. they made this impossible to solve for, the, uh, for, for two DA's office, and until Ray Tierney came in, uh, there was no way this was going to be solved, and they made sure of that. All right. I agree with you. Well, Frank McKay, thank you so much. You've been seriously invaluable. Lauren, thank you very much for having me. And that was Frank McKay, radio journalist and host of Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. So Frank and I talked offline and we're going to continue these interviews um, as long as it takes to to get this, this case solved. So Pay attention, um, watch the news, read the articles, and then come back to the Lauren Interviews podcast. In about a month, I think I'll be catching up with with Frank on this case. And you know, it, it works out since uh, since there is an actor strike going on right now, and I can't really uh, promote any new movies or films or anything like that. So this will be perfect. And I also want to just throw it out there. I mean. Everyone keeps talking about the fact that, oh, anybody could be a serial killer. This guy just looks so unassuming, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know. I look at his picture and I think he looks pretty freaking scary. And the way that one pimp described him as an ogre, he had described literally Rex Huerman to a T. He's huge and he's scary. And and yeah, he does. He's what nightmares are made out of. And I mentioned this with Frank, but the fact that he, he did call a victim's sister to just torment her. I mean, that's sick. That's literally disgusting. He threatened to to show her pictures of her sister's rotting body. I mean, what is what is wrong with you? You are you are a true spawn of Satan, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, all right, guys. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple. And we'll be back on Monday with um with our regularly scheduled episode. <laughs> and yeah, like I said. 
Keep your eyes and ears peeled for Frank McKay joining the Lauren Interviews podcast again in about a month. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.